What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Modern Day Sniper Podcast. Uh, I know it's been a while. Phil and Kalen are back with you. And for those of you guys who are first visitors to the Modern Day Sniper Podcast, welcome, welcome. And just to give you uh, an idea of what we're all about at the Modern Day Sniper Podcast, the Modern Day Sniper Podcast is all about the journey of the rifleman. Whether you are a professional shooter, an enthusiast, a hunter, or a, a seasoned competitor, you guys are the same as us. We are students of the craft, and this is the place where you can come to find that kind of information to help you on your path to becoming the rifleman that you want to be. So without further ado, um, Philip, man, it's I'm glad that we are able to get back together on the podcast. Good to be back. What's up, everybody? <laughs> thanks for, for Thanks for all the wellness checks, guys. Uh, we'll talk about that a little, a little bit later, but <laughs> I'm alive and healthy. I, I was going to say, man, everybody's like, <laughs> yeah. where's Phil? Nice post, but where's Phil? <laughs> What'd you do with them? Um, seriously, dude, I'm, I'm glad to do this. We've just been having, we've been having so much going on lately. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of mind blowing, which is a good thing. It's, it's awesome. We've got all kinds of new stuff coming for you guys in, uh, 2021. It's just been one of those situations where when you take a step back and you look at what happened over the course of the last year, you just go, Whoa, man, that was a lot. And it was, it was a lot. You know, we, we have made tremendous amount of progress in a very short amount of time and we have nobody to thank for that but all you guys that are listeners on the podcast i just it really blows me away and i'm and i'm super humbled by the support and the viewership and listenership it's pretty insane so thanks guys really yeah man it's been a uh i mean we started the podcast last year in january I think was it before Shot Show or after Shot Show? It was it was around the time of Shot Show. It was we re, we released our first episode. I want to say it was the twenty third or twenty fourth of January. Is the Wednesday of Shot Show. So coming up on our full year, you know, we've got thirty seven. This is episode thirty seven, and we're close to a quarter million downloads, uh, which is awesome. Nowhere near Frank's level because obviously Frank's got an awesome following in the uh, the community, but still, I didn't think that we would um, get as big as, as we did. And, uh, again, it's thanks to you guys, uh, that are listening in. Thanks for keeping us honest and, and, uh, you know, asking us, Hey, where's the podcast? Um, we enjoy doing these things. You know, uh, I enjoy being able to, you know, obviously jump on the hook with Kalen. I mean, even, even there's times that you and I jump on a phone call for about an hour, an hour and a half, like, man, <laughs> this should have been a podcast, right? Uh, catching up catching up with for work or or you know brainstorming ideas with what you and i have got going on um and uh yeah dude i'm i'm excited for uh 2021 that's what makes us fun that's that's what that's what makes us fun is that you know there are a lot of people out there that are just like you know what man the the stress of the entrepreneurship stuff is is too much and and you know for people that might have done it and they're like you know what dude that's just not the way I want to live my life hey that's that's cool but I love being able to um, set your own intentions every day you set your intention every day and you say okay well today we're gonna accomplish this or this week we're gonna accomplish this and we have the ability to to truly identify what's possible and continue to redefine for ourselves what's possible when it comes to growing this thing. And, and last year was just like mind blowing when it came to how much we freaking learned in a year, it was pretty insane all from the, even the shooting side, but then the technology side of getting into the digital age with modern day sniper. It's, it's been fun. Uh, I think, you know, with, there's a lot of uncertainty right now going on in, in, in the world um, that I haven't really um, under like not really understood. Obviously, it's like it's there, right? And people bring it up that you know that ask me if I'm following along, but honestly, I haven't been paying. Not that I haven't been paying attention, but it's not easily available uh, for reasons that we'll talk about here shortly. Um, but yeah, and uh, even last year, I know 
with the uncertainty of traveling and, and stuff like that, we were still be able to make it work. And, and, uh, I think with the introduction of online training, um, you know, the modern day cyber schoolhouse and you kind of leading the way with that, you're leading a charge for the first, um, two courses that you launched by yourself, you know, with Brian's help and, and Cass's help, um, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, that, uh, again, uh, Evan from Collis brought up a great point. You know, there's no one else in the industry doing it and in that a lot of the information that you find online for long range shooting are all still in forms. You're right. And it's, when we did this, we wanted to make sure that, that it was something that was of the highest quality, right? So there's a lot of conversation out there. Well, you know, we only want to put out like the, the information is what's what's important the presentation whatever the presentation ends up being it's like nah man if we have if we've got quality information we also have to have a really high quality presentation and that's really what we wanted to focus on and 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 we didn't want to put anything out there that was not anything like that and um you know cassandra studying her the the digital the digital space and the digital marketing like that is truly what has helped set us apart also because she came at it. I mean, honestly, we get people calling us all the time. Like, dude, who did your website? Who did, who did your website? Um, Cass did our website and she just has the eye. She has the look and she knows based upon, it's really cool because she's vested in it. Cause she's like, man, I want, this is my baby. I want this to look a certain way. And she's relentless in that pursuit. And, um, Cass got the Cass got the the nickname of the of the company Gunny, so uh, she's our basically our ops chief. Yeah, man, it's it's uh it's been exciting growth, and I'm just really looking forward to 2021 and seeing you know what we can do in 12 months together versus the five that we had together last year. We we already got a pretty damn good roadmap. Um, if uh, if I don't say so myself, and before I don't want to I don't want to get into too many plugs, but dude, I'm really getting excited about this subscription service thing, man. It's, um, the, uh, the platform that we're going to host it on is, is, is pretty gnarly. It's pretty cool. And so I, I hope you guys that are listeners, um, that might be tired of the whole Facebook thing. I know I sure as fuck am tired of the whole Facebook thing. And, um, this interface, this community is very, very similar in that regard, but it's privately owned and um, they're, it's 2A friendly. So that for us is really, really awesome. And um, yeah, it's going to be a really cool place for people to come and kind of like the Facebook or like our alumni group that you set up. So it's uh, it'll be something similar to that. You know, I think uh, with the subscription service, it's going to help a lot of people that are right now with uncertainty of ammo, right? Um, that are, you know, typical competitors that are probably reserving anywhere from 400 rounds a month or 200 rounds a month, doing one, one match a month and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I think the, the goal of the subscription service is not only to obviously continue with your education, but to also, if you're an experienced rifleman to maintain that edge of, uh, of being a rifleman, you know what I mean? And, uh, even to this day, um, I probably haven't shot more than I'd say 200 rounds in the last 30 days. Uh, I, and, and the only reason why it's even close to 200 is because I'm trying to fire for them. So I really want to like get done with brass. Right. But I think now with ammo shortages and, and stuff like that, you know, people are going to, I don't think people are going to be traveling to, and, and this is just my opinion, right? I don't think people are going to be traveling to these two day national level matches. And, and I think, Hopefully, you know, obviously the subscription ter- um, service takes off and it gives these guys the ability to, okay, hey, here's a training plan that is a low round count, right? But it is uh, structured in a way that is going to keep my skills sharp as a rifleman so that, you know, in six months later down the line, when, you know, hopefully primers are back in stock, powders back in stock and all that stuff guys are going to be able to hopefully go to a match and still maintain that same edge they were six months ago. You know, for those of you guys out there, I've been getting hit up a lot too. And that brings up a good point with like the, the ammunition availability part today. Um, this is not the first time this has happened. It won't be the last time it's happened. Um, and when, 
when I worked at Magpul, I was able to to see a lot of these um, these trends within the community or within our industry, and it's firearms industry wide. Um, the the political situation drives the marketplace, and it sucks that that's the way it is, but it is the way it is, and it will it will eventually come back. I wouldn't say it'll even itself out because it doesn't usually stay even for very long. And then it's either on a rise or a fall. So we witnessed a lot of this stuff working at Magpul because obviously Magpul's very, very totally focused on sales. And so when it comes to this availability stuff, it will come back. Don't freak out. Um, and for those of you guys, like for those of you guys that have been hitting me up that are like, oh man, you got a thousand rounds of nine mil ammo. You don't want to sell me? No, the answer is absolutely not. So learn your mistakes and prepare next time ammunition becomes available. Right. So, um, primers are, yeah, primers suck right now. Primers. It's a, it's a huge bummer to try to find primers and I'm looking at my stock and I'm saying, okay, well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm good. But there's a lot of things that we can do to maintain our level of proficiency that do not involve dry fire. And that's part of what the subscription service is going to bring to you. Yeah. So subscription service, we have planning on launching. And then um, another thing that we wanted to, I think, housekeeping stuff. Uh, we have potentially 288 to plus or minus 50 slots that have already uh, been taken. Um, for you guys to train with us in person. Uh, so, you know, we've released, we've kind of soft launched our um, online training or uh, our in-person training calendar. Uh, I know Cast or Gunny is working on uh, uh, creating products and stuff like that. But uh, if you guys are listening to this, check that out on our website. Um, all the links are going to be in our podcast uh, uh, bio, guys. Uh, so if you want to come out uh, to, to shoot with us in person and get hands-on, uh, that's the best way, or if not, uh, see us at a match and, um, or just, you know, uh, resort to online training. But, uh, I, I would say that that's probably going to grow maybe one or two plus more classes. Cause we're already pretty spread thin, uh, for this year. Yeah. I, we, I kind of try to like to leave the, the fall open, um, obviously for hunting season, because it's part of what we do, but at the same time for classes that just people are like, Hey man, um, last minute, can you come out and do this? And we want to make sure that there's room in there for that. Um, we got some really cool new venues guys that are coming up. Uh, we got some really cool new opportunities coming up that I think are going to resonate with, uh, with y'all very well. I'm, I'm excited to bring it forward. So, um, I guess not too much on the housekeeping side, right? I mean, everybody, you know, we're working on the subscription service. That's guys that the subscription service is, is really, really going to be rad. I'm super excited about it. Um, but outside of that, um, I've been shooting some matches. Uh, I guess shot a, I shot a local match out at rock Lake, had a great time with, um, with some dudes that I haven't seen in a long time. I'm shooting another one. This I'm shooting two this weekend. I'm going to shoot, uh, uh, sun targets here in Yakima and then the one that you and I shot together. And then I'm also going to, I just found out about another one. If you guys are up in the Pacific Northwest and you haven't heard about this, this venue, it's called the lead farm. It's out in Prosser. And I just happened to find out about it from some of the dudes that I was shooting with at rock Lake. They were like, Hey dude, you're going to be at the, at the lead farm match. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? They're like, Oh, it's by Prosser. And I'm thinking to myself, are they thinking about rattlesnake Hills? No, it's a, it's another venue and it's another place to hold matches. So basically now, um, what I know for sure, there are at least monthly club matches happening in three locations a month in, in Washington state. So I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Especially if you're, I know that we have a lot of enthusiasts that are listening to this and stuff like that, or even hunters. Um, that are not really in the competition world. Uh, but yeah, I'd definitely go out to those. That's your first step in the door. And that's one thing actually I'm working on a blog right now is how to get into precision rifle shooting, uh, competition precision rifle shooting. And, it, you know, I'm always a big advocate of the, you know, starting at the local level, uh, you know, finding a mentor, learning from those guys, you know, because typically there's a, a few national level shooters that are shooting the club level match matches, right? Uh, and they are always more than willing to help a new shooter out. You just have to, you know, close mouths don't get fed, right? 
and you have to take the leap of faith to, you know, show up. Um, and there's no such thing as being prepared for your first match. That's an absolute myth. Like I, I, I hate when, you know, I try to invite a guy out, especially like another sniper. I'm like, Hey, come out to this local match. They're like, Oh man, I'm not ready. I'm, not, I'm just going to show my ass. I'm like, bro, you can train straight up in your own like idea of what you think that you're going to prepare for a match with. You're going to show up and you're still going to fucking <laughs> eat shit. So the best way to do it is just to show up and learn that way. Yeah, and and what do we say about expectations, right? When when you have expectations, that is the prime ingredient for failure. Okay, so you you have to come at that with a different point of view mentally, um, and that's another thing that I'm excited about with the with the subscription service is that we're going to be able to we're going to be having these talks in the subscription service every month. Right. So you're going to be we're going to be talking about some sort of a mindfulness or personal personal growth and development topic. And that's uh, that's huge because that's been very, very impactful in my life. Um, And it has greatly changed the way that I view um, myself in the competition space. Um, And it's helped me unlock a bunch of new potential that I'm really uh, excited about releasing this year. Like I I'm shifted the way that I'm looking at the competition scene. And so I'm excited to put it to the test. I want to talk about your, uh, your match real quick. Cause you got second, right? Um, that's pretty awesome. Cause you know, you don't compete as much as I do, right? You're not, you're not at the, uh, that's a, what's what I'm looking for. Um, you're not as actively trying to compete, um, as I am. Right. And, uh, for you to show up and, and I know those guys cause I'm, I see them every month, right? Same crew fucking showing up and getting top five to show up and, you know, Oh man, Kalen has been here the last six months and get second place. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, behind Nick, we, Nick, Nick Gadarzy and he's a phenomenal shooter. Nick, I, I really, I enjoy being uh, around Nick because he's very mellow. Um, he's extraordinarily smooth and methodical and I need to take, I need to take, uh, he, he actually, I think he was kind of busting my balls a little bit. He was saying, Oh, this is one of the greatest, you know, instructors in the nation right here. And I was like, dude, get out of here, man. You're also one of the best shooters in the nation. And you've proven that very, very consistently. Um, and so when I watch Nick shoot, he's very, very slow, very methodical. Um, he doesn't, his, his body does not move fast. And that's because his brain is moving at a tick with his body. And so I need to, I need to apply more of that in my, in my shooting style. Um, and you know, Corson, Corson was in a different squad. Corson's, he's always been a solid shooter ever since I started shooting in the circuit here up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and, uh, Mr. Jake Millard, you know, Jake is a super consistent shooter and he's just, young and it's going to be amazing to see where Jake goes, um, or, and where, where his journey takes him in the, in the, in the coming years. What, uh, what are some of, uh, I guess, individual takeaways, um, from the match? Like what, I guess, what were a couple of your strengths that, you know, when you, at the end of the day, you're like, Hey, I, I really did well on this. And what, what are a couple of, a couple of things you stumbled upon? Um, so the first thing was, you know, I came, I, I, I've, I'm starting to move to a position of being very aware of where my, my mental headspace is prior to even showing up. Um, and we've talked about this before in some podcasts when it comes to, um, you know, how our, our presence is viewed in the, in the competitive circuit and main and being able to maintain relevance by continuing to put your money where your mouth is. That's a big deal. Um, and so that, if you don't, if, if that is unchecked, that can mess with your brain. That can mess with your, that can mess with your ego and that can mess with your emotions. And so, you know, this one, I wanted to make sure that like I trained, I trained pretty much like every day I shot probably 50 rounds a day, um, capturing content number one and built and being able to train and capture content at the same time. So I felt really, really comfortable. I was shooting the new American rifle company, CeeLo chassis, and that thing is fire. It's really, really just it's very comfortable. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't act like a tuning fork, I guess. Um, and more on that later, we'll, we'll do more on, uh, on the CeeLo coming up. But, um, uh, the first stage was a, a mover stage and I dropped like three shots on it and it just, 
I didn't allow it to mess with my brain, right? It was just like, that was easy. It was a 400 yard mover. It was a, I think it was a coyote. So it was, I was over the top of the target. I was getting, I was anticipating the shot, right? So able to just to stop and focus on what I did correctly instead of focusing on the negative aspect of it. And so I went to the next one and the next one I was like, Hey, you moved too fast on stage one, just, just mellow out. Okay. These are generous stage times. And then, but the second stage I timed out and I, I went six for six and then I was ready to drop the hammer on shot number seven. They're like, Nope, you're done. I was like, Oh, Oh, damn you. So, um, but then I shot pretty much the rest of the day clean. Um, I think I dropped two shots for the rest of the day and it, the conditions were kind of, kind of, well, typical January conditions up here, right? It's just uh, 40 degrees rain. And by the end of the day, it was 20 mile an hour, uh, damn near full value winds. And so, um, good confidence booster, you know, to be able to go out and, and shoot and hit first round impacts on some smaller target sizes for everybody all around. A lot of the guys in the squad were like, man, dude, this is fucking badass. You know, we're crushing targets and, um, you know, the, the wind's howling and Doug's place is great. It's great to shoot because the winds do little funky things coming around all those little micro canyons through that wheat country out there. So it's a good place to shoot. And, um, the, the, the strengths, I think, were uh, the positional stuff and wind calls. And I was shooting a 6.5 Creedmoor, just straight up factory ammo. So um, I, don't think, I, I don't think that anything related to the cartridge, my ability to manage recoil, spot my own trace, was affected in any way, shape, or form, or meaning that I could attribute any of my misses or missed shot splashes as a result of the 6.5 Creedmoor with and or factory ammo. There was none of that. Like my misses still would have been misses if I had a 25 pound rifle basically is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, CeeLo? Uh, the CeeLo. CeeLo. Mm -hmm. But it's, yep. if you look at it, it text-wise, it's Zylo. I yeah. just wanted to hear you say that one more time. CeeLo yeah, Chess. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome, man. No, I, I think uh, those are good debrief points. Um, I liked that you talked about the mental headspace, getting into the mental headspace, and and uh, you know not letting it affect you. Because I could, <laughs> I'm super guilty of a mover stage. I clean the fuck out of some movers, right? Um, <laughs> and when I do a mover stage, and if I if I don't clean it, oh my god, it wrecks me the rest of the day. Um, then that's all I'm thinking about is like beating myself up. Like, Oh, you shouldn't have dropped those three shots on that mover. Everyone, all the other pros are fucking cleaning it. And I'm like, ah, uh, freaking, you know, and, and that's where I start to unwind. Right. Because of I, I'm not able to maintain that mental headspace that I need to. I'm focusing on that negative aspect when I should be focusing on, Hey, this is what I did correctly to get those seven shots off and hit them. Not, you know, Hey, this is what you did wrong. So unfuck yourself. Sure. The, the other part of this too is, and this is, um, we're going to start talking about this more and more, uh, because the, the, the learning that I've experienced in terms of the, the psychology aspect of things and just scratching the surface of the stuff that Cassandra is talking about and working on and studying, it is profound. I mean, it is very, very profound and it has a, has a almost an immediate effect once you put it into practice. And one of those things is non-attachment, not being attached to the outcome. Um, and I, I made a, I made a post a while back to just kind of as a litmus test to see what people would say. And I said, you know, I want, I want to talk about things like attachments, um, attachments to the outcomes that is like that's your, that's a huge recipe for failure when it, or a huge ingredient into the recipe for failure by having an attachment to the outcome. Because once you do that, then you're looking at it through a different lens. Um, and so I'm not going to go too much deeper into that because I want to, I don't want to like take away from the other stuff that I want to talk about in the future. But these are things that we're going to have deep discussions on coming up.
And it's, I, I was not attacked. Like, I was like, whatever, dude, I don't care. I, I don't care. I'm going to go have, I'm going to go have a good time. I'm going to learn something. I knew the wind was supposed to crank that afternoon. So, um, I, I was like, okay, let's go get some experience shooting in the wind in a different location. And that's really all I cared about. Didn't care about hits other than, Hey, was my wind call good? Okay, cool. I smashed it. Let's press the trigger again, smash it. Let's press the trigger again, moving on. Right. It's, um, I had had no care nor desire to shoot under any set of expectations. And it makes a tremendous difference in your, in your psyche. That's awesome. Um, so that was, uh, 26 minutes of a kind of an introduction for, I guess, the main topic that we wanted to talk about. Uh, which is, I think, right before we, we started, it was uh, uh, the Shooter's Journal. Um, I mean, it's January. It's the first podcast of the year. Uh, new year, new me, all that stuff. And what I did, yep, was invest into a uh, Shooter Journal. And I wanted to kind of, I guess we just wanted to talk about that, right? Um, and what it looks like, what I've documented so far. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe the guys that are listening in, especially um, you guys that are highly interested in uh, getting the subscription service. Um, we're going to actually mandate that you have a, uh, a shooter's journal so that you can track your progress, right, yourself. Um, but yeah, uh, so my shooter journal, and um, obviously we want to get fancy with this. Eventually one day have our own modern-day sniper branded journal. Well, the very first like few pages are all like, shooters checklist some brief notes so what i did to kind of mimic that was uh put uh, on my first few pages kind of like basic fundamentals you know what i mean uh so i've got three factors of building a shooting position three elements of a good shooting position my eight common factors my uh five positional shooting and you know you guys that have uh, are students of ours or maybe have on access to the fundamentals of marksmanship course if you guys have access to that stuff you know the more that you write it down, the more that you're able to commit that stuff to memory, the more that when you're actually shooting, you're able to essentially slow everything down and understand what you need to focus on when it comes to training. Uh, I always refer to my eight common factors as diagnostic tools in terms of stability, recoil management, and comfort. You know, every time I manipulate, you know, my, uh, hips in relation to the target it's altering my comfort level it's altering my stability factor and it's also altering my ability to manage recoil right and i know that when i'm double checking my shooting position or if um, i'm in a position that i feel like is unstable the very first thing that i'm going to go through are my eight common factors to see how i can change any part of my body position to help with that stability you know what i mean and I think, you know, by writing it down at the very first part of your journal or constantly writing it down will help you commit that to memory. Um, and then after the first five pages is my first it's essentially entry log. Um, so I'll talk about mine real quick. And Kaylin, I know you, you, you talked about yours. So um, for, for everyone and and uh, I'm just going to I'm going to dub this the rifleman's list. Um, kind of stole it from a, a, a podcast I listened to Andy Versella. Um, there's my, there's my, my, my due paid from Andy. For those that listen to Andy, he knows that his uh, due paid is to at least talk about the podcast. Uh, but, uh, he talks about a power list, right? A power list of getting five things done throughout the day. You know what I mean? Uh, so that you can essentially start building habits and stuff like that. Well, I wanted to do the same thing for shooters, right? So, Hey, when you go to the range, write down five things you want to accomplish, before you can start jacking off or do whatever, you know. Um, so the last time I went out to the range was actually with Peyton Grimes. This was down in Texas, filming for the first uh, uh, training session. And so I wrote, uh, you know, hey, the date, where I was shooting at, the altitude in the case that I wanted to build a range card uh, function at it, or next time I head out to the range, maybe for like a national level match or a monthly match. Um, uh, wrote that I was training with Peyton and recording for the MDS monthly. That was kind of my taskings there, or, uh, you know, the overall goal. And then, uh, what I was shooting, which is, uh, my six BRA and, uh, shooting 108 fire form loads. And so my five, uh, 
rifleman's lists was uh, associated with the round count so that when I'm preparing to go to the range, I know, hey, I'm, I need at least 90 rounds to accomplish my training tasks, right? So the very first one was uh, the MDS sniper side 21 dot drill, uh, which is kind of like a modern day sniper modified from, you know, Frank and, and uh, Jacobs, uh, which consists of 22 rounds. Uh, immediately following uh, task number two would be the craft challenge. Uh, three was uh, validate trajectory out to a thousand yards. Uh, that's 20 rounds. Uh, the craft challenge is 12 rounds. And then uh, the PRS barricade, I want to run at least twice. Uh, and that required 16 rounds. And then uh, do a multiple target positional, so uh, which is task five. And I allotted 20 rounds for that for a total of 90 rounds. So after I accomplished all five of those uh, tasks, then I could do whatever I wanted. I knew that I got training value out of those five things. And then I debriefed, you know, I wrote down little debrief points for each drill or each task. So if sniper side drill, I got 17 out of 20, I timed out on my support side. So now I'm essentially just creating a journal. Hey, how my shooting progress and maybe, I don't know, five or six months down the line, I can go back to, Hey, December 22, I was getting 17 out of 20. Now, six months later, I'm cleaning the, the 21 dot drill. Um, you know, and, and it allows me to, you know, ensure that I'm doing something now with the, with the rifleman's list. One thing to keep in mind is stuff like natural point of aim, follow through, um, trigger control. Those are all implied unless I make it a specific task. Sure. Right. Yeah. It's all the same. It's we want to be fundamentally sound. Exactly. Right. So, but if I, if you need to work on, let's say if you need to work on natural point of aim, you could write down one natural point of aim, let's say 10 rounds, but your sole focus, and, and I would say do it in the prone. So the only thing that you're doing, so natural point of aim prone is focusing on your natural point of aim for those 10 shots, not your trigger control, not your breathing, focusing on getting a good natural point of aim for 10 shots. And then you can do natural point of aim standing, do the same thing, right? And maybe that's your task one and task two. Or maybe it's all five, natural point of aim for standing, kneeling, sitting, prone. Yeah, and and something to remember, guys, is that you don't have to have these big friggin' marathon shooting sessions. Less less is more. Um, Less is more. And if you do, uh, we call it our consistency check drill, we're breaking our position after every shot. That has so much benefit, even if you do it only for 10 shots. But if you make sure that every single one of those 10 shots is released with a perfect, beautiful, natural point of aim, you are wiring your brain for success. It doesn't matter how much time it takes. What matters is that you get the quality of the repetition and you build the neuro pathways the way that they need to be built. So don't think that you got to go out there and shoot, you know, just, just crush it with the round count because that might eventually come later, depending on where you want to take your skills. But that's just my little injecture there when it comes to a lot of people are like, oh, well, that's only like five shots, man, 10 shots. No, well, you make those five, 10 shots count. You make them, um, you make them an integral part to, uh, to your training session. Yeah. Um, so I did, I think it was like a few months ago, I was working on a tripod deployment. That was one of those, that was like my only task for the range was learning how to deploy or working on my efficiency of deploying my tripod, uh, in the kneeling position, I shot 20 rounds and it took me 90 minutes to, cause you know, I was working, Hey, this is the height that I want to be at. This is how I'm going to be carrying my tripod, right? All these things. And that's probably one of the less, um, I think set up, you know, setting up your shooting position from, uh, what would you call it? Uh, breakout drills. Oh yeah, like drills. a breakout mm-hmm. drill, and and so that when I think of breakout drills, I think of uh, like immediate action, right? Like breaking yeah, contact for sure. Um, well, yeah, it's just like oh shit, we gotta we gotta set up shooting position yeah. right now. Let's yeah. make it happen. So the breakout drill is especially for a hunter um, is hey, you got all your gear on, then obviously you you, you see a target of opportunity. Now you got to figure out how to take your shot. Same thing with a military law enforcement sniper. You know what I mean? It's like. Or even a law enforcement cyber, hey, you got you just got a call, right? And let's say that all your gears in your truck, 
um, you know, you've got everything kind of, you know, your kit or your backpack with your, your rifle, how are you going to grab all that and then move, you know? So, uh, thinking about how all your gear is stowed is super important, right? So that you're not essentially a fucking gypsy heading to your firing position. Uh, so that's, yeah. a, that's, and it doesn't take much, you know, that's a very valuable training day right there. That's a tremendously valuable training day because then the next time you arrive at that position or situation, it's just like you're running on autopilot and that's the goal. So, and you need to incorporate that stuff. That's basic mechanic stuff, right? Um, a lot of people get a, a piece of gear and they're like, ah, this is a badass widget. You see my new toy? And, but they'll, they'll literally never, never do anything with it um, to practice how to like set it up or it's like, watching people with their tripods like dude how long have you had that thing well then why are you still friggin' screwing with the leg locks like come on man (laughs) this is we should have already had this stuff figured out a long time ago um but i think that the the journal stuff is a is a is a really good idea um this year i've made it a a point to a daily journal for myself um so i kind of incorporated my shooting journal into my daily journal, uh, because I try to write in my journal every day. I I don't always make that happen. Um, but because I have this in my hands every day, I wanted to make sure that this is what I built the shooting journal out of. And I wanted to like figure out if this was going to work for me before we like made one. Right. So try to test out what the process is. And so some of the stuff I got from, uh, if you guys haven't read the book called Winning with Winning in Mind, I would I would highly encourage you to do so. Um, it's uh, it's written by um, a very very well accomplished Olympic shooting uh, champion, multiple gold medals, and now is uh, now is a high performance basically sports coach talking about the mental process of um, uh, sports psychology and trying to figure out the most efficient way to get the brain to function the uh, where it needs to in that environment and so some of the stuff is you know very very similar i got a day planner um i got another day planner over here because this this stuff has intrigued my mind this this planner is from a company called best self um yeah self journal this is actually really effective this is a this is a daily journal um productivity journal I like to write things down. Um, that helps me close the loop on my learning process. And so I looked at that and they have the pages broken down to like every day, uh, not your just a typical day planner. It's got a lot of goal focused um, uh, questions in there to get you engaged, to get your mind engaged with the process of, of identifying a goal and then uh, then identifying the steps that it takes to reach that goal. And so what I did here in mine is I put a monthly training goal for the month of January. And then uh, for that month, um, I wanted to I wanted to be in the top 5% of all the local regional matches that I'm shooting, if not winning them. Um, you have to be able to bring things, you have to be able to bring things in. If you ask for it, you will receive it. That's the power of manifestation. More, more on the mindfulness stuff that we're going to get deeper into. I also throw in here for the monthly goal of January is to get my mechanics not nailed down with the CeeLo chassis because it's a, it's a, it's a new piece of gear. Uh, we're going to do a review on it. It's going to end up on, um, on the YouTube channel. But I really wanted to make sure that I could get familiar with that, that new chassis and, and learn all of its ins and outs. And I also wanted to um, be shooting um, uh, 1.5 MOA PRS barricade drills in under 90 seconds, cleaning them. All right. So that's the goal that I'm working towards. And then a start of the month eval. I did that this month with the craft challenge, Chris Way's craft challenge. Uh, where are you at at the beginning of the month? Okay. Where are your skills at? in relationship. Now we've identified where your skills at, and then we can say, how realistic is it for us to try to achieve this particular goal? Um, and you know, this is a place where you can write down like, Hey, I felt this way. I, this was kind of shaky, whatever. And then I broke it down into week goals, week one, week two, week three, week four. Um, and then end of the month evaluation. How did, did you, were you able to meet the goal of the month? And so if this can help hold you accountable, 
right? And then the daily training days is an entry of um, the date, the location, what are the conditions, and where's your headspace at? Meaning, what are you feeling like right now? Like usually my days, I do my admin stuff in the morning and I go out to the range and train and or capture in the afternoon uh, this time of year because it's warmer in the afternoon. So the headspace check for me is really important because I, we, we all understand or should understand how the power of, of, our, of our mind plays in the outcome of our, our persona and our day. So how we react to things, how we uh, react to certain situations and or conversations or even our thoughts, right? We have 70,000 thoughts a day. And 90% of those 70,000 thoughts <clears throat> are thought of the same, the, the, the same thoughts are thought of the next day. So you can get yourself into this super vicious cycle of just suck, right? And it can, it can do that very easily. So I wanted to make sure that I held myself accountable and said, Hey, where's my headspace this morning? Um, before I started training and that is, I think that's a huge goal for me is just to make sure that I'm disciplined in, in writing that down every time. Um, the day's training goal, like, what am I supposed, what am I accomplishing? Like you did on yours, Phil, like it's, it's that, you know, I'm going to do one through five. Right. Um, and then the, the accomplishments of the day, did I accomplish what I wanted to accomplish? Um, and just list them out. Who cares if you actually made it done, just list out what you did. Cause you could have found something in, in your training that you're like, ah, oh, man, nah, I want to stay focused on this. This is a deficiency. I need to stay, I need to hang out here. And now maybe this goal that I wanted to achieve that needs to get slid to the right. Some while I make sure that these mechanics over here are dialed in who cares it is. That's how we progress. And then at the very end, it's, uh, it's your solutions, right? What do you, what are you going to use to, um, uh, not necessarily focus on the problem, but look at how you're going to fix that problem. And that'll help you kind of like take a deeper dive mentally into the process. And, um, each page has a round count, a dry fire rep count and total time. So I'm going to keep going at this thing and, and see, uh, and try to be as disciplined as I can with it and see how it pans out and we'll come together and see what worked for each of us. No, I think that's great. I, and it gives the perspective for, especially our listeners, um, on just two different, you know, styles of, of, uh, you know, writing in their journal. Right. And that's the point of why we wanted to talk about this podcast because, uh, again, moving forward into 2021, you know, tracking progression is important. And, um, you know, for, especially for our, um, uh, you know, shooters that are going to be coming on to modern day rifleman monthly or modern day sniper monthly, uh, again, uh, lead, lead by example, right? It's like, Hey, if I'm going to expect these guys to have a journal, I need to have one too. And this is what mine's going to look like. Um, because it's, for me, the cleanest information that I can keep possible. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to expand on the, um, uh, the rifleman's list and, and hopefully, you know, if guys are running out of training ideas, you know, maybe I can just throw it up on, uh, on social media and be like, Hey, you know, these are the five or these are different combinations of the, the, the rifleman's list you can use for your next training session. Right. Uh, or even just learn from other, other shooters, right. It's like, Hey, what's your five this week? And, you know, I see a task on there that I'm not familiar with and ask him like, Oh, what are you working on there? Uh, maybe he can, he or she can, you know, give me insight on, Hey, this is what I, what I think. Uh, and I know my list was a little comprehensive, uh, for probably, uh, the newer shooter. Um, you know, because, you know, let's talk about the craft challenge first for a second. Uh, e even though how, uh, basic that craft challenge might sound, um, it's actually uh, pretty, uh, it's a, it's a great drill. Um, and uh, so for, for those that uh, are unfamiliar with the craft challenge, um, I don't even know if Chris wants to call it the craft challenge. I think I just dubbed it that because it's just catchy. Uh, but it's because he says it's not really a challenge. Yeah, it's 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 more of like a gathering tests or gathering information. So uh, Chris Way, um, also known as Gun Around the Sun on Instagram, uh, 
he is a uh, very interesting uh, individual, uh, super analytical, is a great guy. I actually listened to one first time that actually turned me on him was a podcast that he did with um, uh, Travis Ishida on the Precision Rifle Channel podcast. And uh, that's what really actually uh, turned me on him. Um, but very analytical, and uh, I think he was starting a essentially just series on getting ready for the Assassin's Way that he was going to compete in this year. But uh, we all know that got pushed to the right uh, to 2022. Um, did you, uh, Frank and Gal, uh, Frank and uh, Jacob did a podcast on it uh, on the Everyday Sniper podcast. That's where I heard it. Um, and, uh, so he came up with this uh, test on trying to figure out, you know, everyone's baseline and and how to a shooter can struggle or figure out, hey, what are you struggling with? Because, you know, especially as a as a rifleman, we all know that being on the bench and shooting a twenty five pound rifle, you can be printing quarter minute groups, right? But if I get a, get you off your belly. And you do this craft challenge in the standing, kneeling, sitting, and prone, and you're shooting a fucking four MOA group. Well, guess what? You're a four MOA shooter with a four MOA gun, <laughs> essentially, right? So, um, anyways, what this craft challenge is, I would say uh, to figure out your individual baseline, uh, you print out this target, and this target, it's a, it's a diamond, right, uh, shaped uh, format. And it goes from uh, one inch all the way out to eight inches. And the freaking shooting, and this is what I should have done with mine, is actually fill in the very first one box because that first aiming point is super small. And until you start shooting it, that's when you. That's when I. Re, that's when I get actually my aim point <laughs> when I start building a, a shot hole. Yeah, um, but uh, I should have done what you and David did when he when we, you and David both showed me your targets. I was like, man, why did I think about that? Um, anyways, uh, so w- what you what you do is you shoot consecutively, standing, kneeling, sitting, prone. So that's four shots, and you're gonna do three rounds of that for a total of twelve shots. Now, the the when you do this the first time. There's no time limit. You need to shoot every shot as accurately as you possibly think you can get that shot off based off your shooting position, right? So standing, kneeling, sitting, prone in that order. Um, don't care what kind of prop you use. You can use tripods. You can use a, a fence post, whatever. Um, I highly recommend that you use something that's stable. If you have a you know barricade that's wobbly, that's going to in my opinion, throw kind of a, uh, another variable in your, in your firing solution, because now you're, you're shooting off of a, a, uh, wobbly barricade that's inducing mechanical wobble that you cannot control, right? Because now you're just focusing on timing your shot versus actually building your shooting position. Does that make sense? I think we talked about this before in the past about making sure that you're shooting off of uh, something that's solid. Um, but, uh, when you shoot that through those, those uh, four rounds, what you're going to do is you're also going to time yourself uh, for each round. So standing, kneeling, sitting, prone, that's one round. And let's say you did it in two minutes. Then you're going to run round two, uh, standing, kneeling, sitting, prone. Let's say you got that in two minutes and 30 seconds. And then you run uh, three. And let's say that you shot that in, uh, again, two minutes. So, you know, you average a time of two minutes and let's say 15 seconds uh, per run, right? Um, but, and then you look down at your shot group and you realize that you printed four minutes uh, out, of the, out of the 12 shots. Um, now your baseline is, hey, I shoot two minutes and 15 seconds at four minutes of angle, right? Is that, is that, is that a good way of looking at it? That's, that's st- starting with your individual baseline. So what's next? How do I, what's the very first thing that should go down? Should, it should be time or should it be your group size? Well, um, for me, I would look at it and say, okay, um, this is also a training tool that you can utilize to check yourself with regard to speed. Uh, let's just say, like as an example, 1.5 MOA from a barricade, um, 
I could basically do that at a hundred yards with one and a half MOA pieces of paper, right? You know, my, I want to be able to shoot. I want to be able to clean a PRS barricade stage at 1.5 MOA targets in 90 seconds or less. Okay. So there's your benchmark. Now you could, you could run that craft drill and do the PRS barricade at hundred yards if, if you wanted to, and you want to eliminate the factor of wind. Can I break eight clean shots and keep them inside a minute and a half of a, a minute and a half of, of accuracy? And that can totally be done on paper at hundred yards. You don't have to have a piece of steel out there to do this because what happens at hundred yards is exactly what's going to happen at distance provided you have a good wind call. So that's really what that hundred yard drill. That's what that hundred yard purpose is for is to make sure that you're keeping yourself in check fundamentally, and you're not introducing other factors that you don't know if they are actually a factor or not. Does that make sense? I mean, just like when we do our in-training person classes and we start positional shooting, you know, we have everyone shoot at paper first, right? Make sure that they can get their groups within a, you know, two minute of angle. Because when when we start spotting for you, I want to know that you're missing because of wind environmentally, not because of, not fundamentally. And I think a lot of people uh, don't realize it. And, And shooting at paper, obviously, is the most humbling thing that you could do. After talking to Chris about this, another thing that he's also realized that shooters don't realize as well is that there's sometimes an inherent point of aim point of impact shift from their zero and what you, which you can see on your group on your paper right um down range uh because again you know people they typically shooters in the sport of long range shooting use zero from two positions off the bench or in the prone um and uh, you know, or maybe the bench kind of like a modified prone where you're like leaning over. Right. Uh, that's how I typically shoot off of a bench. If I'm shooting off a bench, cause I'm too lazy to get to the ground is, uh, you know, lean over it. Um, but, uh, a lot of times when shooters start shooting very quickly or in, in alternate shooting positions, um, there are point of aim, point of impact shifts. Uh, so actually what Chris says he does, which I think is smart, um, is that he actually um, zeroes based off of this drill? Yeah, I mean that that's that's totally smart. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, why why not? Because what are the majority of your shots going to be? Gonna, where are the majority of your shots going to be taken? You know, from positional from positions. Because Chris is a competitive shooter, right? He knows that he's going to be shooting from all these different various positions. Okay, so, uh, but again, you know, you don't. The drill isn't meant for just competitive shooting. The drill is meant for, I would say, any rifleman that, you know, is looking to just be more efficient with, um, you know, uh, conditions that they might find in the field as a operational sniper or as a hunter. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this is a drill that um, I'd like to incorporate uh, for our in-person classes, especially for our positional shooting, you know what I mean, to just establish that baseline and figure out, hey, this is where you're at. Um, and... Yeah, so I shot my first, uh, my first one. Uh, I shot it at like a minute, one point three seven, and then my second one is uh, like one point five. I think you just you shot yours at a minute, didn't you? Minute like yeah, one, one most, minute of angle. Yep, like one point one or something like that. Um, then I shot it with a couple of hunting rifles too. Um, the hunting rifles, the, the six, five Creedmoor hunting rifle that didn't open up at all. Um, just some vertical, some vertical stringing as a result of the lighter weight rifle. Um, and then my seven, my seven Psalm, um, that was, that was interesting because the zero did shift. Um, but I hadn't shot that gun in a while. And I looked at the, I looked at the group and it was high into the left by about a, a minute and so I thought that was me. And then I shot a zero confirmation group. Um, and it was like, oh, okay, well, the gun is, that's where it's zeroed right there where the big hole is. But then I threw four or five shots um, that strung low and to the right. And so that's there. I focused on those now that I knew what the zero was. It's like, okay, well, let's look at those. Wh- what happened there? Um, and it's it's easy to get confused, man. It's easy to get confused until you got to confirm that zero. We need to have like a, we need to have that zero control group to say, okay, 
is this point of impact shift a result of me or is it that's where the gun happens to shoot? And once you do that, then you're like, oh, okay, now I can go into the diagnostics of why is my group there and not in the center of the target? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and the, uh, the, I, I'd highly recommend, you know, if you can, uh, I think, I know, I know a shooter puts another camera down range to actually track each shot, which shot he takes. Um, I didn't do that. Uh, but uh, I think that's smart as well to figure out, or, you know, you can, you know, after doing the craft drill, you can just focus, Hey, maybe I think it's the standing position. That's really messing me up. Just work on the standing position. You know what I mean? Um, to figure out how big of a group, and that's where you do your consistency check drills that we talk about, right. Which is stand, you know, starting with, uh, the high ready, uh, or the low ready, and then just building the shooting position with your, uh, with your support bag. But no, uh, Chris, if you're listening to this, I know you are, um, uh, great drill, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing your uh, your all the results that people send in. And uh, yeah, check that out on Sniper Side. I, I think Frank and uh, Chris started a thread on it. Um, that's where everyone is submitting, and it has it, you know it can be anonymous. Uh, there's no you know there's no ego there. Um, but I I definitely think you know if you guys are trying to come up with very limited uh, round counts because again ammo is short. Uh, that's definitely a great drill to throw in um, to your training regimen at the beginning of as a fundamental drill to keep get everything warmed up um, to before you start the the day's task uh, when you head to the range. So, um, so yeah, that's the that's the craft challenge, and um, that is yeah, that was that was on my uh, on my list today. Well, and that's perfect, man. It, it took us right up to an hour. So um, I'm just, I'm glad to be back in the saddle with the podcasts. Um, guys, really, we're, we apologize. Um, there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, not necessarily time management, but trying to figure out how to make everything happen that we need to make happen. And so um, we're really focused on developing content for you guys. And that's where our efforts have been directed. So um, excited to get back on this in a, in a weekly in a weekly manner. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that we've got some really rad stuff coming for you guys. So um, one of the things that you guys can be prepared for is with the with the subscription service, every class is going to be a webinar as well. So for those of you guys who you know, want to consume the content, uh, you can drop into the class, uh, via the webinar and you can, uh, pay, pay a drop-in fee and you can come, uh, listen to the class. Um, or, and if you want it evergreen content then you just, the subscription service is the way to go because all of the content that we curate in the subscription service is just going to live in the, in the community platform that we're building. So, I mean, if you come to the subscription service, you know, two years after we kick it off, you hit the go button, there's, you're going to have access to two years worth of content. And so, um, that's really, that's really what we're trying to build. We're just trying to build a community for you guys and a place for you to go to get really good, uh, solid vetted information. Um, and dude, we got so many videos coming up. I looked at it, like I got to do, um, I got to do a video for stone glacier on the new, on the R three bags. Um, I would love to do, I'm going to do a video on cold weather layering stuff. I really want to do that. Um, I have another one for footwear flying with guns. Um, dude, the list goes on and on and on and on. And now we're just, now that we get there, we get three weeks of our life back in January, not having to go to shot show. Now we're just going to capture, I'm just, we're just going to capture content. So you guys benefit from that. Yeah, uh, check out our YouTube. Uh, I know we've we, there's our YouTube hasn't really been active, but that's one of my goals this year uh, is to really uh, uh, spruce up our YouTube, um, and that's coming. You know, like Kalen says, we got a whole laundry list of videos that we want to do. Um, I know I want to do what's in my bag uh, for both, it, like three different bags, right? Uh, as a competitive shooter, um, as a hunter, and then um, also as an instructor, because I've been getting that question a lot. Hey, what do you bring into these? In, in, you know, as to as you, as an instructor, what are you flying with and stuff like that? So those are three separate videos in itself. Uh, I'm trying to do a gear list video for everyone that signs up for our in-person classes. Hey, this is what to expect. 
and then um you know just other you know small videos uh you know gear reviews um it's already out so i can talk about it but uh the new collis uh everyone knows i'm a you know big collis guy uh the new collis 525 dlr is out which is a pretty much a upgrade to the 525 uh apparently a bigger field of view and um uh, instead of fitting 14 click or 14 mils on one turret rotation they only did 10 which i think is smart so now you've got uh, more definitive clicks and you can read the numbers a lot better uh which i think is going to be awesome for the, the the only thing you know um that i'm worried about with the increase of field of view is now a, a tighter eye box but I, I'm, I'm excited to get that in my hands to see uh uh, see, you know, what the difference between the 525 and the uh, DLR is. Oh, and the ELRs, yeah, too, that came the out. The ELRs. Yeah, with mm-hmm. uh, ra- range yeah. finding, I think, especially those that are uh, planning on getting into the NRL Hunter uh, series, I think that's going to be a ticket. Um, but uh, even the regular ELRs, I've I had a set of those, and those are great. Um, obviously, the downside is that it can give you ballistics, but, I mean, I'm always carrying a dope card with me, but it's nice to have that immediately immediate feedback right there instead of having to then look in your arm dude um i've been running the geovids for man i've had my geovids since like 2013 and having the that g7 calculator in there is money it's just badass um you can you a button and and there's your dope and um it's super quick and the only thing you gotta do is worry about a wind call and it really does make a difference dude imagine if you had that in combat Oh, it's just, it's, there's a lot of things that that's something that we should probably talk about, right? As yeah, that's probably something we should talk about. I would love to have, that's a great opportunity to have Larry on the podcast. Yeah. And bring yeah. Larry on the podcast. We talk about that because he and I share it. it the be, the cool thing is, is that we went to combat together in Fallujah in 2004, but then he continued, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a recon Marine going on deployments and trips as not only a recon marine but a sniper also so he's been able to witness the progression and that'll that'll be a good conversation to talk about uh let's uh real quick let's uh let's wrap up with uh some housekeeping of uh courses real quick um so guys real quick uh danger close uh meaning within our uh five meter line uh, we've got uh, two courses right now. They are a PR 101 and PR 201, our first in-person, in-person classes of the year. Uh, and that's in Volusia County, Florida. Uh, the date Orlando. is Orlando, Florida. Um, Orlando, and- Florida. It's Guys, it's smack dab in between Orlando and Daytona. Um, super cool venue. Uh, they did a bunch of work to it. Phil, I'm sorry I'm stepping on you. Go yeah, for you're it. good. Uh, so PR 101 uh, is uh, six through nine, and that is. Uh, do you remember the price on that? Uh, that 101 is, uh, I think, 800 bucks. We had a we, we our pri- we had a price increase this year, guys. So um, the first price increase is our Starting PR in, 101 in, in California. Paula. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the reason that's screwy, just bear with us here. The reason that's screwy is we were going to do a law enforcement, um, a law enforcement course, and that ended up not coming to fruition. So we decided we had such a huge, we have a huge wait list for PR 201 in California. You guys freaking sold, you guys sold out like fast and there's probably six or seven people on the wait list. Um, but then we just decided to throw in a, a 101 add on another day. So um, that 101 class has our has our new pricing structure on it. But um, the the course down in Florida is uh, the tuition for the course is I think 800 it's a, bucks. It's a thousand for uh, 101. That's including but, uh, range, range fees. Fee. Yeah, so it's a so, thousand. Yeah. And then we got a 201 after that guy. We got a day break in between. I'm not going to lie. I'm uh, the only reason that I put a day in between classes. So I go skydiving. The drop zone's like 10 minutes down the road. So I'm going to be falling out of airplanes all day off. And then our 201 um, is in the next three days. And that's still available. Uh, so the f- six to nine for PR 101 in Volusia County. And then. Uh, brain fart um and then 11 through 13 we have the 10th off 11 through 13 is pr 201 
Okay, uh, so we got availability there. Uh, you need 400 rounds for a PR 101, and you need 250 rounds in your your basic shooter kit. You'll get all this gear list if you sign up. Um, and uh, if you are in Cal Southern California, uh, San Diego County, Paula, a lot of times people don't know that there's a, there's a rifle range there. Uh, we've got a PR 101 there. Um, we're hosting 20 students because um, uh, there's going to be three instructors, myself, Kaylin, plus one. Uh, there's availability there. I think that's 1300, um, which includes the range fees already. And then PR 201, uh, is already full in, in Cali. And those dates are PR 101 is March, uh, 15th through the 18th. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, PR, uh, 201 is 23, 24, 25. Uh, and so those are our danger close items. And then, uh, on the next podcast, we'll talk April and, and whatnot, but yep. all right, man, get signed up, man. Come out and train with us. Um, dude, seriously though, Volusia County, we haven't shot there in a while. Uh, I used to shoot there with Magpul annually. Um, February is a great time of year to come down there and train. Um, that range went through a bunch of, um, kind of changing hands and ownership and they've made some improvements to it. And I believe that they have a 1400 yard berm out there. Um, but, uh, that's a great venue and I'm looking forward to, uh, coming back and hanging out in the land, Florida. So yeah, right on. So I got a couple matches this weekend. I'm shooting Sun Valley on Saturday. So if you guys are hanging out, um, or not Sun Valley, Sun Targets. If you guys are coming out, come up, say, hey, what's up? I want to meet you. I want to say what's going on. Um, and I'm also shooting Lead Farm on the uh, the next day, on Sunday. Yeah. So I got to load some ammo. Yes, you do. Um, I have, uh, I've got a lot of projects to keep up with uh, this weekend. So that's what I'll be doing in Fireforming. So have fun this weekend. And uh, yeah, hey guys, if you listen to this, thanks for tuning in. Uh, And you know the drill, keep your face on the gun.